Hey there, filled with messages, friends. Thanks for joining me today. Well, wow, has life unraveled a lot here in the United States in the last two weeks with the coming of COVID-19. And in particular, things have unraveled so much beyond our control as our elected officials have asked us to take extraordinary social distancing precautions and in many cases, shelter in place. So what can we do when things feel like they're completely beyond our control? Is there any way God calls us to um, behave and act when life seems to be unraveling very quickly? This message explores those questions. May God bless you as you listen in. In August, when I chose our Lenten worship theme, Unraveled, Seeking God When Life is Falling Apart, I had no clue how on the nose it would end up being in March. If I had, I probably would have chosen some other theme or at least hoarded disinfectant and bought stock in Zoom. In many ways, over the last two weeks, our lives have unraveled. Schedules have unraveled, travel plans have unraveled, finances have unraveled, tempers have unraveled, emotions have unraveled. It has been an exhausting, disappointing, scary, frustrating, worrisome fortnight, and it doesn't look like it's going to improve much anytime soon. The Bible is full of stories of people whose lives unraveled in just about every conceivable way. As their lives unraveled, these folks experienced a gamut of struggles and emotions just like we currently are. Following their journeys helps us have courage, remain faithful, and trust that God is for us, not against us. Today's scripture text tells the story of three women whose lives were unraveled through circumstances beyond their control. The government set forth an edict which threatened their families, their morals, even their lives. Through it all, these women protected others and did what was right, not necessarily what was easy or kept them secure. In doing so, they saved the lives of many people. Hear these words from Exodus 1, 22 through 2.10. Then Pharaoh gave an order to all his people, throw every baby born to the Hebrews into the Nile River, but you can let all the girls live. Now a man from Levi's household married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful, so she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up with black tar. She put the the child in the basket and set the basket among the reeds at the riverbank. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her woman's servants walked along beside the river. She saw the basket amongst the reeds, and she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrews' children. Then the baby's sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, would you like me to go and find one of the women, Hebrew women, to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter agreed, yes, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse it for me and I'll pay you for your work. So the woman took the child and nursed it. After the child had grown up, she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I pulled him out of the water. Will you pray with me? 
God, open our hearts and minds to hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. For most women, pregnancy is a mix of emotions. Joy, hope, excitement, as they dream about meeting their little one and wonder if the baby will look like mom or dad or, God forbid, great uncle Joe. Anxiety, fear, and concern as they worry about the birth and wonder if their child will be healthy. I cannot imagine, though, how emotional Moses' mom must have been when she was pregnant. She was pregnant during an unprecedented time in Israelite history. For many, many years, the Hebrew people lived happily in Egypt, but suddenly a new pharaoh came to the throne and enslaved them. Even enslaving these people, peaceful people didn't appease him, though, so he made their work harsher and harsher. But with God's help, the Hebrews managed to meet his impossible goals. Finally, Pharaoh decided he would crush them once and for all by forcing them to throw their baby boys in the Nile. Can you imagine the fear and anxiety the Hebrew people, and especially those pregnant, felt during those days? Their lives unraveled so quickly. One day they were free citizens, the next day they were slaves. One day they were just trying to maintain a semblance of normalcy at home, the next day they were forced to kill their children. It must have felt like they were living a nightmare. None of us would fault Moses' mom if she had been crippled with anxiety as she waited, awaited the birth of her child. Would it be a girl whom would be allowed to live but under a heartless dictator who seemed to grow more tyrannical each day? Would it be a boy whom she would be forced to throw into the Nile? Neither of those futures are what a mother wants for her child. I wonder when the Hebrew midwives Shifra and Pua announced it was a boy, if Moses' mom wailed with grief, or if she had already decided on her plan. Defying Pharaoh was a crazy choice. This man had proven himself to be mentally unstable, violent, and unmerciful. When Moses' mom decided to risk hiding her baby, she was taking not just her life and her son's life into her hands, She was also risking her husband's and her daughter's lives. For all she knew, she was perhaps even taking the lives of all her fellow Israelites into her hands. Pharaoh was that unpredictable and ruthless. But Moses' mom knew she had to defy him and try to save her child. But how do you hide a baby for three months? Most babies aren't quiet all the time. Did Moses' mother just sing at the top of her lungs to drown out the noise when Moses was crying? Did she enlist her daughter Miriam to bang some pots and pans to cover up his fussing? However she managed, Moses' mom was made of stern stuff, so she persisted. But by month three, she couldn't hide him at home anymore. Not ready to give up, she retrofitted a papyrus basket, placed Moses in it, and hid it amongst the reeds in the river. It seemed like a bit of a crazy plan, if for no other reason than the Nile is famous for its crocodile. But somehow, my guess is that it was through women's intuition and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, she concocted a plan and had the faith to execute it. She would not let some unhinged potentate mess with her family. Miriam, Moses' sister, also had her life unraveled by Pharaoh's edict. 
We're not exactly sure how old Miriam was when her brother was born. She was old enough to hang out by herself at the river, but young enough to not be forced into laboring to Pharaoh's brickyards. Miriam, like all kids, felt the anxiety of the adults around her, and even her home didn't provide a respite from her community's woes as her family attempted to hide her brother. Instead of doing the things kids are supposed to do, play with their friends, learn, grow, Miriam was protecting her brother from being killed. I'm sure she was also worrying about her mother. What would happen to her if they were caught? No kid should ever have to go through these things, yet some of them, like Miriam, do. When Pharaoh's daughter discovered Moses, Miriam didn't hesitate for a second. Immediately, she jumped into action. She probably should have been afraid of such an important person. Perhaps she even was afraid of Pharaoh's daughter, but Miriam didn't flee as fast as she could. She didn't duck further into the reeds. Instead, she stepped out of her hiding place and had the guts to speak directly to the princess. Not only did she speak up for her brother, but she also formulated an amazing plan which would help her mother too. Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Miriam asked the princess. And after the princess agreed, she went and got the baby's mother. I wonder if Miriam knew she was standing up to Pharaoh himself when she spoke up to his daughter, when she spoke to his daughter. I'm sure she somehow understood that even she, an ordinary girl, could help and protect others. Of the three women in this story, we expect the most from Pharaoh's daughter. Perhaps we should. She certainly had both power and privilege, but she was also probably living her own nightmare. Can you imagine having a violent totalitarian as your father? Even if she towed the family line in public, she probably experienced abuse behind closed doors. Even if she genuinely supported her father, having a narcissistic parent brings incredible pain to a person's life. I wonder if Pharaoh's daughter was nursing the pain of her father's abuse that morning at the river. Perhaps she was trying to process something horrible he said to her the night before. Maybe she was recovering from a nightmare featuring his rage. Whatever might have been on her mind as she entered the Nile, something drew her attention to a basket floating amongst the reeds. When she opened it and saw Moses inside, something instantly unraveled in her. It gave her the confidence to risk her father's ire, to possibly lose her safety and security, to have mercy and compassion on this baby boy and his family. In a time of great pain and uncertainty, these three women had the courage and conviction to stand firm in themselves, to risk persecution, perhaps even death, all to save someone else. In doing so, they saved a whole people group, for Moses grew up to lead God's people safely out of Egypt and into a land of peace and prosperity. Moses' mother Miriam and Pharaoh's daughter stand in the company of so many women in the Bible whose lives were unraveling, yet they still managed to support and sustain their communities. They joined women like Deborah, who found her life unraveling when her people were be about to be attacked by a foreign army and no man would lead the fight against them so she led the army instead. They joined Ruth, whose life unraveled when she lost her husband, and she decided to almost certainly ruin her own life to save her mother-in-law. They joined Mary, whose life unraveled when she unexpectedly and unconventionally found herself pregnant 
with the one who would save the whole world. While all of these women experienced unraveling in their lives, they managed to stand firm in who God made them to be, to deal with all the hardships that come when our lives are unraveling, and even save those in their communities during deeply anxious times. Just like these women, we too are living in an unprecedented and uncertain time. It makes sense if we're anxious and fearful. There is no reason to be ashamed of the big feelings we've had in the past couple weeks. We should not ignore our heartbreak and pain as our lives unravel. But even as we experience and allow ourselves to feel all the things of this unsettled time, we can still take steps to help, protect, and perhaps even save each other. Obviously, we can follow the governor's order and shelter in place, but we can also reach out to check in on people we know are having a hard time. We can offer to run errands for people who are immunocompromised. We can be gentle with each other and ourselves. We can choose joy, even when we're really over this situation. If we do even simple things like these during this super scary time, we have the power to save even thousands. What got the Hebrews through all of the pain and suffering of their years in slavery and their harrowing journey to freedom was their faith. Over and over again, God heard their cries and sent people to help protect and save them. Finally, many, many years later, when Miriam and Moses were grown, together with their brother Aaron, they led God's people out of slavery in Egypt. When they were finally free of and safe from their oppressors, Miriam and her siblings led all God's people in dancing and singing God's praise. Together they joyfully proclaimed, I'm singing my heart out to God. What a victory! God is my strength, God is my song, and yes, God is my salvation. This is the kind of God I have, and I'm telling the world, this is the God of my Father. I'm spreading the news far and wide. As our lives continue to unravel and change in the coming days and weeks, may we continue to cry out to God our fear and our pain. May we live in hopeful trust that God will come and save us from this trouble, just as God has always saved his people from their pain. May we work to help each other, to support each other, perhaps even to save each other. And may we eagerly anticipate the day when we can joyfully proclaim our thanksgiving to God for bringing us through this unraveling. Thanks again for joining me today, my friends. I pray that God's peace and God's love and God's hope surround you today and all the days of your life. Amen.